I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. If you wanted more, here's, here's season four, four of the, the Connor and Smith Show. Um, we are so excited to speak with our guest this evening. Um, I met this gentleman uh, at Ford's Theater in a production of Freedom Song in like 2014, I want to say. Um, and then we got to watch his ascent on The Voice. Um, and we are so super excited to be talking tonight to Mr. Ration Lamar. Um, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Can you hear us? I can guys. Can you hear me? Yes, perfectly. Good. What's up, guys? How are you? I am doing well. How are you all? We are good. I'm here with my husband, Matt. Hey. Hey, Matt. What's up, buddy? You know, we've just been living in our living room for the last three years. <laughs> I love it. Right, right, right. <laughs> where, where are you calling in from? I am currently in Maryland right now. Oh, so you, you're experiencing what we're experiencing. Yes, I am. <laughs> Winter. I forgot about her. Right. Listen, I forgot about her for a while until this year. She said, smack, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was saying, like, last winter, uh, a lot of the restaurants and stuff were able to, like, have uh, outdoor seating and stuff in January because it was right. so nice, and that's just not the case. So, not is, at all this year. I know. So, uh, whereabouts in Maryland? I am in Landover, Maryland. I'm right next to the FedEx field right now. Okay. Oh, nice. Here. Um, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just saying, yep. <laughs> and that's home base? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's been a minute. I mean, we, we caught up on the phone the other night, but I've not seen you in literally years. Literally years, man. It's been years. It's crazy, right? How, how fast time goes by. Yeah, I, I first met Ration um, at the Ford's Theater in D.C. Uh, doing a production of a show called Freedom Song that yes. coincided with the 150th anniversary of the assassination of Lincoln, which we were there for a, a ceremony um, that commemorated that. Remember right. all that craziness? I remember every moment of the craziness. <laughs> Just nuts. Um, but that's where we first met. And uh, boy, I guess you've been a little busy since then. Yeah, I've been a little busy ever since then. <laughs> To say the least. So, so before we get into the, the, the wonderful world of The Voice and what happened post-Voice, um, are you from Maryland originally? No, I'm originally from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Okay. And, and so what was, uh, what was your, like, so take us back to Little Ration. Um, what was the, the entree into singing? So as a young kid, um, 
from what my mom and my family tells me. Um, I, was, I just always loved music. You know, um, at first, I loved to dance. I used to want to be a dancer um, way back in the day, in the MC Hammer days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I used to dance a lot, and I know I used to always love music, just all types of music. And um, according to my parents and my family members, I would just, you know, just all the time, if something's on the, on the radio, then I'm up dancing or singing. One of the two. If I'm not singing, then I'm dancing. If I'm not dancing, then I'm singing. And if it wasn't that, then I was somewhere beating on pots <laughs> because I also wanted to be a drummer <laughs> when I was a young kid. So, um, so I, I, was, I guess I was always you know, attached to music in some way. And um, around about maybe six or seven years old, um, my mom met my stepfather, um, which is now my awesome father, I would say that. Um, and we moved to Washington, D.C. So we moved to Washington, D.C. Um, you know, I enrolled in school here. And then, you know, later on down the line, I hear of the school called Duke Ellington. And, of course, me being the busybody that I was, loved, you know, of course, loved music and loved to dance and all that good stuff, um, I decided to audition. And so I, I did the audition for Ellington. I got accepted. And then my world changed right then, um, honestly. Um, I was introduced to all types of things. You know, um, when I say all types of things, I mean all types of art, um, all types of music, all types of, uh, of, of theater. Um, and it, it just had my attention from the get-go. So um, I was always at school trying to learn what I can. I was in a group called Show Choir as well. So we, we traveled around the world performing in high school. <laughs> so um, that was also cool. And I think that's why I, I, I gained to love the respect and the, um, and, the, and, the, and the greatness of the stage in general, just the stage itself. Um, right, right. And, and from then on, you know, I, I, I continued to, to grow. I went to the University of the Arts. I studied classical music and I studied jazz music there. And um, a little quick story, <laughs> while, in, um, while in college, um, I went to New York to do an audition for The Lion King. Now, remind you, I'm young and I don't know much about, you know, that world altogether as a whole. So I go to New York. call <laughs> rude <laughs> so i get a call um a callback saying you know come back to the the callbacks so i go to the callbacks i get another callback and at this Sounds point like i'm like got another callback right right so just so now. i'm like say it again i said sounds like you just got a call back just now yeah somebody did try to call me you know rude people <laughs> yeah Hopefully but um yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm about to be on Broadway, you know, I'm about to do this and that. So quiet as, it, you know, crazy as I am and young and immature and, you know, not knowing real what the ins and outs were, I decided to leave school. <laughs> so I left school, you know, on the whims of, um, I got two callbacks. I'm about to be in the Lion King. <laughs> so, nope, come to find out that didn't happen. So I ended up leaving school. I won't say for no reason, but... Uh, when I left school, I came back to Washington, D.C. area, and I got into a group called Sound Connection, which is like a band. We did, like, parties and, like, wedding events and corporate events like that. And, um, that, I mean, that's where it all took off, man. Like, I just I just loved entertaining and loved, loved just being on stage. I realized at that point, stage is my home. Like, this will forever be my – and I can make money doing this. <laughs> so it was just – it was, it was a, an eye-opener for me. So – 
um, I took that on, and, and I don't know if many of you know the story. I got very, very ill um, within, you know, after I left college, I got very, very ill and, and ended up in the hospital uh, for a very long time. And um, a part of being ill, I lost my hearing, uh, and my left side of my ear lost part of my vision, and I lost most of my voice. Um, and I never thought I was going to get it back again. I lost, I lost those things for, like, about a good six months. I had no hearing in my left ear. Um, I was partially blind, and my voice was like, like every day. And um, long story short, it, it, I, I had cancer. I had lymphoma, and um, while going through chemotherapy and all that, I ended up, you know, losing all of um, not all the gifts that God gave me. Because God, when God gives you a gift, He gives you a gift. He never takes it away unless you screw it up yourself. But uh, He He continued to give me my gift. He just perfected it. Um, it's some 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 uh character <laughs> i would say um and i'm i'm just blessed and then and, and yeah after that is when i gained my success on uh, nbc's the voice okay so we're up to the voice um i, I love how you skipped just right over freedom song i'm kidding um, oh my god right right <laughs> So just just out of curiosity, because Freedom Song was what twenty fifteen, I want to say. I want to, yeah. So, yeah. so how long after your Freedom Song wasn't your first thing after recovering, was it? No, yeah, Freedom Song was my my very first like major thing after oh, really? yeah after yeah, major stage thing after um after cancer yeah. Wow! Wow! Um, that's incredible. That must have been so scary to feel like, I mean, you've lost your vision, your hearing, your speech. Like, that must have been terrifying to kind of go through. Man, I, listen, I was I was in the house. I was depressed. Um, I wasn't on social media. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want anybody to talk to me. I didn't want anybody asking me what was going on. Um, you know, I just, I, it, it was a moment that I just, you know, never saw coming. And to not know if you're actually going to regain those things back was, it was very difficult. It was very hard to, to live through that moment. Um, and I, a lot of times, that's why I say, if anybody who, who is going through cancer or, or has gone through cancer, uh, you know, stay strong. We're champions. Like it's a hard thing to go through, especially if you're going through it by yourself. Um, I wasn't necessarily going through it by myself. Of course, my parents were there, but I now know that it would have been better for me. It would have been a better recovery or better, you know, process had I invited my family, I mean, my friends and, and other people into what was going on just to be there for help, just to be there as a shoulder to lean on when I'm feeling down. I didn't do that. I kept a lot of stuff to myself, which kind of like, you know, made everything worse. But <laughs> if you're out there, if you're listening to this, if you're going through anything like that, please go through it with someone. Don't go through it alone. It's 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 a, it's very difficult to go through it alone. Trust me, I've been there, done that, and and you don't want to do that. So, no, no, yeah. Um, well, that's amazing. Um, and thank you for those words. Um, if anybody is out there going through things like that, you, you're. It's always better to be part of a team. It's, Absolutely. you know, and always, and always, always believe like that was one, that was my biggest thing. Like I believed that I was going to get better and I kept the faith of me, you know, I'm going to get better. I'm going to push through this. 
even though in the back of my mind there was doubt, you know, still saying, ah, you may not never get through this, you may not never, da da da. I still had a big part in, in my brain that said, you got to believe, you have to believe that you're going to be better. You have to believe that this is just a moment of time. You have to believe. So I'm also telling people, believe in the positive things, see yourself through it, see yourself out of it, and then see yourself, you know, living. <laughs> is, that, you know? is, that, is that your beautiful connection to the song you picked to audition for The Voice? Absolutely, 100%. Uh, oh, on the voice. Really beautiful. Yes, 100%. I listened to Don't Stop Believing, my journey. Oh, my so, God. So <laughs> a million you, times in the hospital. Oh, Stephen just gave me the finger. No, he no, said, no, no. You I, got a question? No, I was just going to mention that. I'm um, not the finger. He gave me a, a pointer finger. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, when you audition for The Voice, do you send in, uh, so you submit something first? So let me tell you how crazy this is and how blessed I am. Um, thank God. So the way that this thing works, so usually um, the voice works, they have a, a big cattle call, you know, you know, which will be at like the MCI center or, you know, whatever those big little um, arenas are. And yeah. you go there, you wait in line uh, for hours and hours and hours. And then you, they set, they break you up in groups and then you go in like, to like a, a room with about 20 people and you sing your little 15 seconds of whatever and they say yay or nay, right? Um, so I, I, I did that about, three or four times prior to the year that I got accepted onto The Voice. And every year that I went, um, I would go and I would sing and I would get in front of the, the, the uh, producers and they would be like, great voice, but not what we're looking for this year. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. So this particular year, I, I decided not to go. And I knew, the, I knew, you know, I had just got a new apartment. You know, I was still kind of like trying to take care of bills from, from the past, and I'm like, I can't go all the way to Kentucky this year to audition, and just to be told, yeah, you have a great voice, but not what we're looking for this year, so I decided not to go. Um, the way that it happened for me was, um, I went to an open mic, somebody uh, so happened to record me and post it online. Um, they posted it online, and someone reached out to me from The Voice, one of the producers of The Voice reached out to me, and said, hey, I am, you know, Lamont from The Voice. I'm one of the producers on The Voice. I want to, I saw your video, and I want to know if you would like to come to L.A. for the blind auditions of The Voice. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, whatever. Because literally about three nights before this call happened, um, I was talking with my friends, and they were saying, yeah, go audition, go audition. And I, and I was just telling them, no, I can't afford you. You know, I can't afford you. And then three nights later, I, I get this uh, call, and I'm like, okay, you guys are playing with me. And I really didn't believe any of it until I got my plane ticket. So I'm going back and forth with the producers for about three or four days. Um, we're, we're talking about things. I'm, I'm giving them my whole life story and all that. And um, literally, you know, I get the plane ticket and I'm, and I'm off to L.A. And the beauty of this was I didn't have to do the cattle call. There's about five auditions that you have to go through before you get to even get to L.A. to do the blind auditions. So there's a cattle call. There's a... a, a um, a callback call. Then after that, you go, there's a producer's call. And then after the producer's call, there's another call. So you have to make it through all of those rounds. Luckily, I didn't have to go through any of those rounds. And I went straight to LA. Um, I went straight to the blind auditions. Um, you know, when I got there, you know, they had to give me, they give you like psych evaluations and you have to go through these crazy little tests and take these exams to see if you're fit to be on TV or if you're mentally stable to be on TV 
and to handle and, and can you handle the pressure? So I literally went straight from my living room to LA. <laughs> so that that was a blessing, a blessing. That's how my audition kind of went. I can't speak for others because I didn't live that other audition past the cattle calls. But um, other than that, yeah, that's how I got. I just literally got straight on. Wow. Um, so, all right. So what? I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> I love them. What, what? So you get to LA and it's not like you walk into a room and the, the judges are there or anything like that, right? Right. No. So what people don't know, it's about a year, a year process um, okay. as far as, you know, filming and, um, re you know, recording and doing B-rolls and doing all of this footage and all that stuff. It's about a year. Um, so we were in LA for about a year, but so the first day that I walk into, you know, we get there, um, I get there on a bus with like, I, I ride in with about three other people who had the same experience as I did. You know, they, they didn't go to the, they didn't have to go to the auditions, they were called in. And um, so when, the first day you get there, you know, you meet everybody. Um, and when I say everybody, I mean like the the behind the scenes team. We didn't get to meet Adam and and, and Kelly and Alicia Keys and, and, um, and Blake until about three weeks, maybe three weeks in. So we get there, we have to go through a series of, you know, uh, social media training. We have to go through um, vocal lessons. We have vocal lessons with vocal coaches there. We had um, stage text, um, uh, stage rehearsals all the time. We had uh, different seminars we had to go to. We had to sit in meetings with lawyers. Um, so all of this is happening, you know, before we even get a chance to step on the stage to do the blind audition. So. Wow. Yeah, so it's about three weeks before you even get to do your blind audition. And it's so crazy. Oh, my God. I just look at it and, and get so, like, sometimes emotional, but some, I'm always thankful. I was, the la I was number 103. I was the very last contestant on the show um, to, to be put onto the show, you know, to get to that point. And um, I was the very first person. I mean, not the very first person. I was in the very first group to audition. And the way that they do it is they, they put your names in a hat or a bowl, you know, they draw your names randomly and that's how you know who's going to go on what day. So there's five days of auditions. So there's 103 of us. There's only room for what, 30 people? So <laughs> after you draw all those names out of a hat, and then you get to your final day, it's like, okay, well, if your name wasn't called, then you have, you know, you got to come back next year. Wow. Which was heartbreaking for a lot of people. You know, it was a lot of friends that I made on that show and that didn't even get a chance to audition. Wow. But however, they did come back the next year. But just the fact of, you know, being there for, you know, you're going through the process thinking, oh my God, this is my shot. And then it's not. Um, that's kind of heartbreaking. So, yeah, long story short, huh? Would you say that, that the three weeks of the training, was that, did you learn a lot of stuff in that three weeks that you feel like that was like an amazing opportunity? Even if you, I mean, it would suck if you didn't get your name picked out of a hat, but would you feel like those three weeks were really like valuable knowledge gained? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, within, the, within the first short three weeks, yeah, definitely. Um, especially for, for the young artists or, or, or people who haven't had the, the training and the musical experience that I have prior to going on The Voice, 
um, the the vocal classes and the vocal workshops were very helpful. Um, there were some things that I wasn't even doing that I didn't know <laughs> that I could do to, you know, to do some some tricks with my voice and to, you know, to sustain and to do all of that. There were some things that I didn't know that I did learn. And there were also some some lessons that I learned with, with them being in meetings with these lawyers um, and also with the social media training as far as like what not to do, what to do, how to post, what not to post, what not to say in an interview, what to say in an interview, highlights, like, you know, um, even figuring out what your best side is. I know that sounds crazy, but being on the show, you take a lot of pictures. You take a lot of pictures. You're on 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 film. You're recorded all the time. Um, you know, you learn like little little things, little details. So yeah, I believe it was very beneficial for me. There, there's some lessons that I, I, I've taken from there that I don't think I will ever lose, and I will always use them. Yeah, it was very beneficial. So take us to the blind audition day. Yes. Okay. So the blind audition day. You know, we get up super early. And uh, we go to hair and makeup, you know, get hair and makeup. Mind you, this is about 5.30 in the morning. So 5.30 in the morning, we all get prepared. We're super nervous. Um, I'm super nervous because I don't know what's about to happen. And all I'm wishing is, God, please let somebody turn around. Please let somebody turn around. And if not, at least I have my 15 seconds of fame to, you know, show somebody I can sing or I have someone of a voice. So, uh so they call my name and I'm backstage and I, you know, I, I walk up very, very nervous. Um, and as soon as I start this song, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, here we go. And the, the way that the song, the way that the song starts, excuse me, um, there's a drum roll. It's like, ba do So, so the ba do was my go. It was like, okay, ready. Uh, okay, Ration, it's time to get ready. You got to get your shit together. This is, this is it. It's one shot. <laughs> Don't lose your chance. You better, you know, you better rock it out. And so as soon as I open my mouth, literally, I, I don't even know if five seconds pass, uh, Adam Levine turns around. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so at that point, I don't, I don't know if you can tell, but I can tell because I knew what was going on at the time. If you look at the video, once he hits his, his button and turns around, like there's like a, like a sound that, that happens. So like, I kind of got thrown off a little bit, but I kept going. And then literally maybe five more seconds after that, Alicia Keys turns her chair around and I'm like, oh my God, like, thank you, Lord. And in the back of my mind, honestly, I don't remember what I was thinking about at the time when Alicia Keys turned around. Um, I just, I, I literally can't remember what happened <laughs> um, at that moment. However, I do remember it was such a, a, a it was such an experience, a, a beautiful experience to just have these two, um, Adam Levine and Alicia Keys, kind of fighting over me. Because what they don't show, uh, my audition lasted, my blind audition lasted about fifteen minutes. Uh, they cut all of that down to like a little bit of chatter. So what was happening in that 15 minutes, Alicia Keys was giving her her spill of why I should be on her team. Then Adam Levine would get his spill. And then literally they were fighting over me, like literally going back and forth until Alicia Keys comes up to the stage. Adam Levine comes up to the stage. Uh, Alicia gives me this big hug and says, you know, uh, you're blessed and this, this is beautiful. And, and something else she said, I can't remember the exact words. And it was just like an amazing experience that I never thought would have ever happened to me. And uh, it, it, it was just an eye-opener, exciting, grateful experience. That, that's all I can just really tell you about it. It's, it's a dream come true, actually. So, so you went with Team Adam. What, what made you 
choose Team Adam out of curiosity? So um, the reason why I chose Team Adam was because I knew that everyone who was going to, you know, try to go to Alicia Keys, a lot of them were geared towards R&B, soul, you know, gospel, um, that sound. I wanted to get away from that, and I wanted to not necessarily get away from that sound. I wanted to just get away from all of that competition because I knew if I go on her team, I'm going to be battling against everybody who does the same thing I pretty much do. If I go on Adam's team, Adam had a variety of people. I can, you know, I can do that. Plus, I can show the world what else I have to offer. I don't only just have R&B and soul. I have rock. I have uh, country. I can do. I can do it all, and that's why. That's what made me pick Adam Levine. Um, so, uh, okay. Um, so Adam Levine, tell us, what is he like? He's, uh, of course, a dreamboat, but like, what is he like as a person to work with as a coach? Oh my God. He's like the most, he's the coolest guy. Um, uh, he's very laid back, but very direct, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows exactly what he wants. Um, and he expects you to give him what he wants. And, but he's so cool. He's so relaxed. I remember being in a session. Um, it was a rehearsal that we had. And I was getting ready to say Ribbon in the Sky, I believe. Um, he was like, a, you know, just just relax with it. Just lay back. And I, this whole time he's laid back in this on this sofa with his legs kicked up. And just chilling like, yeah, sing it, Rachel. You know, you'll be all right. You know, just sing it. Sing it and feel it and flow it. You know, and I thought it was such a, a, a real experience. You know, it took the the um, star, not necessarily star out of him. It just made him much more of a, of a human to me, you know? Because a lot of times we look at stars as if they're gods and if they're, you know, that they're gods and that they're they're the best thing on earth. When in actuality, they're, they're human just like we are. They're, they're chill just like we are. They laugh just like we do. And that's one thing that, that Adam Levine taught me, you know, well, taught me about himself was, you know, not only was sometimes he could be an asshole to certain people, the, the, the way that you take it. But like I said, he, he's very direct at what he wants. He wants what he wants and he knows what he wants. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with, wrong with that. <laughs> but um, I, it, it was just great knowing that he's just another guy just like I am, that I can actually talk to on a human level, you know? Right. So so you got pretty far. You got to be a semifinalist, right? I did. I did. I did. So so what was that? I mean, you've got to be disappointed when you don't win, but you had a pretty good streak there. Like, uh, I remember me and my, my friend, uh, our friend, Chris Sizemore, were just social media crazy out there with the hashtag racial nation. Oh, and uh, just everybody from the D.C. area, like the whole uh, theater family down here was just very supportive of you through the whole thing. Um, it was definitely must-see TV for all of us. Uh, yes. But but it must have, I mean, you must have felt like a, uh, not a, well, yeah, a disappointment, but like, but to have such great exposure also led you to like you will always be the voices you know ration nation and you will have mm-hmm. that as your laurel to kind of people know who you are by name right you know? That's, yeah um so the, it, it was it was disappointing to have to leave but also i was when i went into this i was only expecting god i, I said god just let me get on tv 
Right. You know, so I got on TV and not only did I get on TV, I made it to pretty much top six. And um, I didn't expect it. You know, I wanted it. Yeah, I want the, the more the closer and closer I got to, to be, you know, number one, the more and more I wanted it. Um, but I didn't expect it. So it, it wasn't like a really, really, really hard disappointment because I knew that I gave my all and I knew that so many people, so many people had already seen me at that point. I was get, at that point, I was getting a lot of fan mail. I was also getting hate mail too, but I was getting a lot of fan mail. And at that point I knew that I had, I had reached people. I had touched people in some type of way. And that was my goal too. Like if I can just, if somebody can see me or if I can just touch somebody with my music, if somebody can be inspired by my story, then I've done my job. Um, but I will say, I, I was, you know, everybody's heartbreak broken when you when you don't win. And I, I was kind of disappointed, but also I was ready to come home um, just for a brief second because I was missing my family um, a little bit. I was missing my friends a little bit. But even though they were there supporting me virtually, you know, we were FaceTime a lot. And some would even come to some of the um, some of the uh, tapings. But it was just like, I, you know, I was I was ready. I needed I needed a break, just a, a, a small break, because what you guys don't know is we're nonstop. We were nonstop. When I tell you nonstop, I mean 5 a.m. lobby calls, maybe 4 lobby calls so that you can drive over to either hair and makeup or you drive to the studio because you have to lay your song down that you're going to perform the next night. So you have to lay it down this morning or... Yeah, or you would be, you know, we would have late nights. We would, I, were, I was at the studio one night till about 5.30 in the morning. And the next day, our lobby call was 6.15. So I, I had no time to sleep. <laughs> I'm sitting in the studio trying to, you know, not necessarily singing all night, but in the presence of the studio. And that can be a little, not intimidating, but it can be a little, you know, draining. If, if, if you're familiar with, you know, recording in studios and being there all night. <laughs> But yeah, it would be sometimes we would leave the studio and then have a lobby call at 6.15 in the morning, have to go to shoot B-roll, have to go to shoot this commercial, have to go over to do this interview um, 30 minutes later. You know, you have maybe a 30-minute lunch break or you get lunch whenever you find time to get lunch. Um, it was a very, it was a very, very tight schedule. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part, but at one point I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I need a break, just a break over <laughs> But it was an awesome experience, and I would do it all over again, all over again. Wow, um, that I can't imagine. So, so if you get out at five thirty and you got a six fifteen call, it's like, well, I'm not sleeping. So, what do I do? Do I get coffee? Do I, right. you know? Yeah, at that point, I was a coffee junkie. I was so hyped up on coffee all the time. I have like little videos. <laughs> I have little videos on my phone. Where like if I if I knew I didn't sleep the night before and I had a long night or whatever and I was just up I would just drink all this I, it was a tall caramel um, venti iced coffee every day from Starbucks we had Starbucks in our hotel and I would get one every morning and all the cast members would always if we if we were going to you know um, studio lot A and like five people would be in the van they would know oh my god here's Rachel he's about to be hyped he's about to be up he's about to be because that's the only way that I could do it I had to be up I had to be hyped I had to be excited so that I can get on with the day great great um so oh gosh so the 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 voice um happens you yeah I mean so when you're on there do you like California <laughs> I love California it's nice. 
I love, oh, that's another thing. Sorry to sidebar. But every single day that I woke up in California, I was happy. I was so happy every day. I don't know what it was. There was not one bad day that I had in LA. There was not one day that I woke up like, oh my God, here we go. I just always woke up with so much energy. I don't know if it's the sun that's over there or, <laughs> or what, but I literally woke up super happy every day. So, so what is it like, am I, am I wrong in saying this? Um, when you sing, do a performance and you said you were laid down in the studio, wasn't like the songs that you guys did, weren't they like on iTunes then and like Spotify? Yes. Yeah. So the way that they would have us do it is that, so you would come into, you would come into the studio, you would record the song that you're going to perform that week. It would not times out of 10, it would be either the next day or two days later. So you were, you were pre-recorded before the performance, which I think, I, I think they should have done it the opposite way because <laughs> on the stage, man, the stage is my playground. The stage is where I become the most creative. Um, and so I, I sometimes I wish that they would have taken, they would have allowed me to, allowed us to perform and then record the songs after the performance. Um, because, I, you know, when I got on stage, a lot of stuff changed. <laughs> a lot of stuff changed. Um, it's, it's one of, I'm, I'm one of those in the moment singers um, or performers, I say. Um, because, you know, we can sing and read what's on the paper all day, all night. But when you hit that stage and you feel the crowd and you feel the energy and you see the lights and you feel the lights and you see the room and you can feel the room, it's a total different vibe. It's like, and then you have all these cameras and you know that the world is watching you. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable moment that I thrive for. I live for that moment. Now, to, to rewind here a second, you said you got hate mail? Yes. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Somebody's been rude and tried to call me again. That's all right. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I did get some hate mail. Um, I got crazy. some. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a lot of uh, uh, nigger mail, <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh, if no. you know if you if you got where I'm going, um, I got a lot of nigger mail. I got a lot of um, mail saying, uh, "Oh, you know, we hate you." There was this one message that I read, and I said, "You know what? To this day, I will never let any of the negative things that I read affect me because it's just you know people trying to attack me and trying to whatever, just trying to tear me down." Um, there was one message from this one guy who's like, oh, my God, you sound horrible. You sound like you're still on chemo. You sound like you're still doing chemotherapy, right? Wow. And that kind of hit me very, very, it hit me hard because, it, you know, it, it makes you think about, oh, God, well, what am I doing wrong? Why does this, why does, does this person not like my voice, but they like the next person's voice that sounds just like me? Um, why don't they, you know, why? It, it was, it was. Excuse my language, it, it effed me up in the head a little bit, just for a day or two, I will say that, because I got back on my, my happy high horse after that. It was like, you know, I forget that this is one person out of the thousands of emails that I've read that were giving me, you know, grace and saying, you were so great and we love you and thank you for this and you're such an inspiration. How can I let one idiot fuck that up? Excuse my language. No, no. And also what kind of person does that for a, a TV show? Like, why? 
I can understand fan mail and support, but mm -hmm. I can't imagine. I, I guess my time is too precious. I can't imagine taking time out of my day to write negative things to a, a person on the voice. That just seems mm -hmm. so idiotic, but that was, that was That was my Not thing. I was like, wow, you're taking, you're taking your sweet, precious time out to write this hate letter to me for what? Now, do you now are, are these super fans of on of, of someone else that wants their friend to win that's being mean to everybody else? You know what? I didn't even go as far as even trying to figure out who that asshole was. You know, I I yeah, didn't even yeah. you know, I didn't even want to give it any energy at that point cuz I it already it had already pissed me off. <laughs> and so I'm like, "Well, don't even feed back. Don't 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 feed into his ignorance by responding. Don't even give that any energy. So I didn't give it any energy, even though it it, it got to me. And, I, and at that point, I said I would never let any of that tear me down. I got a lot of a lot of um, homophobes in my um, my inbox. Um, I got a lot of that <laughs> that was hating on me um, because I was gay and. <laughs> It, it, you'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised how much free time and, and just empty time people have just to tear you down. Right. And you know, that's so shocking for me to hear because, of course, when I see uh, someone sharing their talent um, and just even have the, the strength and the courage to do that, I don't, don't wouldn't even think that there would be a shadow side to all of that. But, of course, of course there is. Was there... What, what, what do, were all the judges just as nice as they seem on television? You're like, oh my God, I love Blake. Yes, especially Kelly Clarkson. Oh, yeah, she is. Like you could have a, like, you know, a Pop Tart with her. Oh my God. She is the most lovable human being I have ever met. And I say that, you know, even outside of stars, I'm talking about just people in general. Like, if you meet her, you would think that, you know, she's automatically your friend. You yeah, would think yeah. that, you know, she, she gives that. She exudes positive energy and is the most beautiful thing in the entire world. So does Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, is, she's more, she's so zen. She's so laid back. She exudes zen. You know, she just, she's, how can I, she's like a walking, she's like walking zen. <laughs> yes, a walking um, waterfall. Right, right. And you know, um, Adam Levine is you know he's cool, he's chill, he's a you know I'm the man, I'm, I'm the shit type, of, right? The rock and roll guy. And Blake is just cool. He's beautiful in real life. <laughs> he is just he's a great guy. Like he's everybody was genuinely, genuinely nice, and 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 they they were all positive. I never experienced anything negative with any of the judges. Wow, that's great. And I'm sure now uh, this has opened up a lot of different windows and doors for you because people automatically, I mean, I guess one thing that happens when you're this big of a star is people assume they already kind of know you, almost like I feel like I know people I watch on television even though I don't. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I know Ration. Right. Say, no, you don't know me. <laughs> But has this opened up a lot of uh, easier um, ways to get your 
name and your talent in the door to do things. Absolutely, uh, man. Absolutely. Is there an album coming out called? There is an album. Oh my God, I'm so excited about my album too. There is an album. Um, so the let me tell you why I haven't released it yet because I've been fighting over. Okay, should I release a whole album or should I release singles? Should I release an EP or should I release singles? So it's it's now looking like that. We're going to eventually release the entire album, but for now, we're going to start releasing singles um, starting in March. <laughs> March 1st, we're going to really release full singles because I did put a couple teasers out on Instagram before just to get the, you know, see how the audience would take to it. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from it. So there is an album coming out. <laughs> hey, um, what was the, um, what was the, the inspiration for the selection and the idea for everything that you've done on the album? So the inspiration for my album is basically <laughs> my relationship. I was in well, a very long relationship for six years that I recently just got out of, um, which was, it's, it's, it's a good thing that I got out of the relationship uh, for my sanity. <laughs> you see how I'll say that. Um, and, but this album just kind of, if you listen to all the songs, if you, if you listen to the lyrics, it kind of explains what I was going through um, in certain parts of my relationship. It's almost like the storybook of our, our relationship. Um, so you and I, and I was, Adele on us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, male, you're the male Adele. I, am, I will take that. I will be the male Adele any day of the year. <laughs> I was a, but yeah, but yeah it, I, I went through a lot. There was a lot of pain in this album. Um, and there's a lot of, there were some great happy times on this album. I mean, happy moments that we had in a relationship that reflect the album as well. So it's not just a, oh my gosh, um, a breakup album. Like, you know, he's talking about this all the time. He's talking about that. It's not like that. You, you're going to be able to pretty much from, from start to finish, you'll be able to go on the journey that I went on. From meeting this man to, you know, falling in love with this man to, okay, what's happening with this man to the end of this man and to what the fuck, Ration, get your shit together, like get, get your head together. That is just one person that you spent six years with, but you can start over. You can start over with somebody better. It's not the end of the world. It's not death. Because that's what it felt like when we broke up. I wanted to literally end my life <laughs> to say, you know, it was a very hard, hard, hard time for me. Um, it still is a hard time for me, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it was six years of us being together every single day, right. every almost almost every every hour, almost, you know, at one point they were a part of my career, you know. So not only were we living together, we were working together kind of sort of. And it was just like, yeah, it was very hard. We'll say that. <laughs> but I am, I am working my way back to being 100% ration nation again. <laughs> and it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. There's a lot of lessons that I've learned um, throughout that relationship. There's a lot of, of, of things that I know uh, to look for and what not to look for. And, and what to accept and what not to accept anymore. Um, I did learn a lot about myself. I did. 
I learned a lot about myself through that relationship. So it's not just a, 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 a Debbie Downer album. It's a great album. You're going to dance. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to just, you want to make love. <laughs> and are they all covers? Are there some original songs? No, they're all original. They're all original. They're all original. Every single last one is an original song. Oh, that's beautiful. So they truly are from you. Yes, they are truly from my experiences, my mouth, my writing to the recording, all that. It's, it's me. Yes, it's my story. And you said that comes out somewhere in the beginning of March? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. And so we can find, if people want to know where to get it, whatever, uh, racianlamar.com is where we yes. find that info. You can, go to, yep, you can go to my website, racianlamar.com. Um, to, to figure out all the updates and what's happening with not only the album, but with my career. <laughs> and, um, and you was can also it, what, find, go ahead, I'm sorry. What, what studio did you record in? So I recorded out of two studios uh, here in the DMV area. Um, nice. One studio is it's One Vision Studios, and that is in Maryland, that's a studio that's out of Maryland. And I also recorded at the Baylor's studio. Um, the Baylor's are a married couple. They uh, have a studio that they run out of their home um, in Maryland. They have a beautiful studio down there. And I recorded half at their studio, and I recorded half at One Vision. Oh, nice. Yep. So, yeah. so what's, okay, I know we're currently in a COVID, like, shut down what are you doing uh but but watching movies so i'm, I'm guessing <laughs> that you were out and about touring and doing gigs is that kind of like on a pause right now yeah uh well so that yeah that's kind of like on a pause ever since you know covid happened i lost a lot of work during covid um I'm pretty sure you guys did too, and like, and so the rest of the the art uh, field. But I lost a lot of work. I had a tour that I was getting ready to go on. Um, I was also doing. I was touring with a lady named Stephanie Mills uh, yes. for a while, um, and that was beautiful. Oh my gosh, uh, Stephanie Mills. Let me tell you that she's a fireball. She's a fireball. If you ever get to see her live, she's a fireball. She's such a great person. She's a natural um, treasure. Yes, yeah, she is. I call her a little boss lady. <laughs> we used to call her boss lady, our, our boss lady. Um, but yeah, we were we were on tour with that. We were doing a lot of stuff, um, and you know, and the album was literally was supposed to come out last year. However, thank God it didn't. You know, everything happens for a reason. Um, had it come out last year, I think I would have like. I'm not gonna say re would have regret some of the stuff that I put out, but it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have been as good as it is now. And I say that because I'm biased because it's just my music. But I'm saying, I don't think I would have had what I have now. Well, I know I wouldn't have had what I have now if I would have put the album out last year. Well, let's hope that there's, there's these spikes start to come down and you're able to like tour and yes. do stuff with the album. I know we'd love to see you and um, we will make sure to get uh, details in the description of this podcast so people can follow you on your website. Yes. But, um, we really appreciate you taking your time to talk to us tonight. We love you. We support you. And um, yeah, I, I just think you're a freaking incredible talent. Oh, and man. I'm so looking forward to the new album. 
Yes, me too. Thank you, guys. I really, 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 truly appreciate you all. And I appreciate what you guys do for the arts. Um, I, I really appreciate what you do. I love what you do. I do watch you guys. So <laughs> I am seeing what you all are, 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 are doing. So thank you for that. Thank you for even inviting me and having me to speak tonight or, or to talk, you know, tonight with you guys. This is great. Oh, the pleasure was ours, my friend. All ours. Yes, yes. yes and I can't wait to get don't to. Don't stop believing. That's right. Yes. That is yeah. the theme. That's right. <laughs> that is right, the my theme. friend. We will. Um, I will keep in touch with you now that I got your number. Um, and I'm best of luck to you. And I, I hope to see you in a not so COVIDy time soon. I know. I know. I can't wait to be able to just get around you guys and hug you all and to work and to whatever else. All right, my friend. We will talk to you soon. Okay. All right, and remember, race and nation on your side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good night, my friend. Love you guys. Love you. <laughs> you guys have to be easy. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>